Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. If we pumped crowd noise into the background of this podcast, do you think people would think we're more entertaining than we actually are? Is it like genuine crowd noise? Because then it would still just be like the no crowd noise that we have right now. No, no. Like just take the exact soundtrack that the NHL has been using. Don't change a thing. Maybe turn the volume down a little bit and just have it playing in the background of our episodes. I think people would think it's more entertaining. Honestly. I, uh, I'm i actually so surprised by the crowd noise. I, the first time I heard it was in soccer and I was watching a Liverpool game and um, I was just watching the game and then I remembered, wait, there's no one in the stands. It's like really hard to notice. So yeah, I think by virtue of the fact that it would work, it would make us more entertaining. There it would go. fill the dead airway better. Just what oh. you needed. Far more time spent editing. <laughs> what, what's <laughs> Maybe another that hour? would equal less time editing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Then I wouldn't have to edit the white noise. I'd just bring it up. Oh, man. We have plenty to say about that. But before we do that, I actually have some uh, amazing personal news for you guys. Um, I have a letter here from uh, our local hospital in our area. And it says, um, patient Ryan Hanna, testing performed using the BGI real-time fluorescent RT-PCR 2019 NCOV, so COVID-19 assay, um, COVID-19 virus not detected using real-time PCR. I lived, bitches. You can't get rid of me that easily. I'm good. You are Congratu- not the father. Congratulations. Like you got. You did not catch the disease that none of us has caught. <laughs> I knew I didn't have it. I just, I'm like, I'm going to see my a stress-laden parent soon and I have a cough that I can't kick. And uh, before I went to the doctor to get like the medication that helps, I knew they would make me just take a test. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll do it. Have you guys seen how far that swab goes back? It doesn't stop, I heard. Yeah, I show. I took a video of it. Um, it doesn't, like, it's not the worst thing. It's just not like, oh, it hurt so much. Like some people I heard get nosebleeds. It just felt like she was like poking my brain with like a needly swab. Like, Do you think think if while she was up there she kind of just tapped it a bit you could actually see your eye poking forward a little bit that that's how it felt (laughs) felt like she'd come in through like the tear duct right in my eye it almost has a sensation like you just snorted a tiny bit of wasabi like that's how it burns and for my next trick she pulls it out your ear (laughs) 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 little bit of msg you got a sushi roll there anyways one of our weirder openings welcome to the winged wheel podcast Still alive and well. I'm Ryan Hanna. I also don't have COVID. And I'm also COVID free. Look at that. Honestly, I didn't think all three of us would make it this far. (laughs) There is actually a prevailing theory right now going around at my work that we all had it in February. Because like half of my work got really (laughs) sick around that this second last week of February, myself included. Um, So... Yeah, maybe maybe I already had the Rones and I've got like super immunity to it now because that's how I, it works, right? I truly believe that you had it. You were in rough shape. Well, because the thing too was it's not uncommon to get sick in the winter and it's even less uncommon to get sick in the winter when you have two kids and it's even less uncommon when you work with the public. I was pissed because I was sick with a really sore throat like the first week of February. 
And then I got it again two weeks later. I'm like, no, no, no. This isn't how this works. There's a grace period. My body's immune to it for at least a couple months. Yeah. So like I was I was actually pissed about that. And now when someone uh there's a girl at my work who at that point got like sick, sick, like went to the hospital sick. And this was before uh the coronavirus was like a worldwide known thing. And um well, like not at the population level. I'm sure doctors and all that stuff knew. Um, so she mentioned she's like, I think I might have had it. And then we all started thinking about it, like, yeah. A lot of us were really sick around that point. We're like, and then three weeks later, everything closed. So we're like, maybe, actually, <laughs> maybe. Well, uh, your your daughter is going to school soon, so yeah. If I didn't have it then, I'm gonna have it soon. Yeah. Um, all right. On this episode of the Wind Wheel Podcast, obviously hockey is back, and so we will be talking about what we've seen, and then finalizing and possibly rehashing our predictions for the play-in series. Um, in addition to that, there's like a mild amount of Red Wings news, and we'll just uh, we'll talk, we'll hang out. I will piss off some Astros fans for sure. Um, and before getting into overtime, I don't know if that Instagram post was real or not, but Joe Kelly is still my favorite player. All right, look, I posted that thing that tweet about joe kelly because he got suspended for uh, eight games and uh i said wow you know instead of throwing balls at astros players he should have just cheated and won a world series and someone very diligent like i got a couple like really like you know replies with information that i didn't know because i'm honestly a casual baseball fan i try to follow the game but i don't know like it's not like how i know hockey otherwise i would also have a baseball podcast I just like the Tiger. I love Detroit sports. I like the Tigers. I follow. I know a little bit. Um, I didn't know Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly threw at, was it Bregman's head? Oh, yes. he threw at a few guys. And Correa's. <laughs> like, that's not cool. You don't throw at people's heads. Like, that could do a lot of damage. Obviously, yes. And then someone pointed out, they're like, well, he was also on the 2018 World Series winning Red Sox, who also were found to have cheated. And I was like, I didn't know that. That's a great point. The fact of the matter is... The Astros cheated, they got away with it, and the commissioner of the uh, of Major League Baseball didn't do anything about it. So this is all. This is the only recourse fans and other MLB players have now. So I just wish uh, Manfred was, uh, you know, this stern with you know actual cheating in baseball games than he was with a guy <laughs> throwing baseballs at him. I saw the- a uh, sped up version of the whole incident that transpired, and Joe Kelly couldn't hit the strike zone to save his family's lives yesterday and you can tell the exact moment where he's just like yeah we're gonna throw this one behind him (laughs) doesn't give a shit and the whole sequence is amazing and the astros are just the biggest bunch of babies and i think the mlb has to be the worst run league in professional sports right it has to how how are you america's pastime and suffering as a sport like they botched everything with COVID. They did nothing oh, to. Jeez. They did nothing with this World Series cheating scandal, which was basically proven to be factual. And then now this, like, it, it's a, such a joke. They suspended a national hero. <laughs> That's like, all I need to know. 
it's not even that he threw at them because that's that's not going to be uncommon. They they they're going to get plunked a lot, and I and I'm here for it honestly. But it was the fact that the Astros were complaining, and he's making like <laughs> baby faces at them, sticking out his lip like, "Oh, we would do about it." He's like, "Like, how can you respond to that if you're the Astros? A, you know, everybody watching this is on his side, and B, you're a look like a whiner, and he's mocking you for it. Like, you have." No legs to stand on there. Why are you even chirping? They like, need to they need to take every single lump they get figuratively and um metaphorically this year. Because it's gonna happen. They're gonna get beamed and thrown at and thrown inside and thrown behind all the time. So I don't know why they're getting upset now, but I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I absolutely love when sports have the bad guys. I think it's super entertaining, so I'm all for it. I don't like the Astros at all, but I I love this. I love this so much. I mean, the only thing, the Astros can't say anything, so all they can do, it's like the old cliche, all right, we'll get on first and steal second, like make them regret it, that you can't say anything. Don't even try. (laughs) Take it in the thigh, take it in the ribs, do whatever you got to do, run, trot down to first, and then the first chance you get, run again. They're going to be the most abused team by the time the playoffs come around. They're very lucky it's a shortened season. (laughs) They're going to be wearing Thomas Holmstrom's shoulder pads eventually with the extra padding. Oh yeah, they're just going to come out in suits of armor. So, pull, pull the Brad Marchand and embrace the heel. If I'm Bregman next time I play the Dodgers or the Kelly or whoever, I don't even care. I'm painting a target on my thigh. <laughs> I'm just fine. Go for it, buddy. Or just come out, with, like, out the with the garbage most, bin and bang on it. <laughs> come out with the most ludicrous amount of padding on ever. Like just cover up your whole. I think he's a, a right-handed batter. Or, uh, yeah, right-handed batter. Just cover up your left-handed side, just completely. If I if I play for the Astros, I'm walking out to every at bat looking like the Michelin Man this year. <laughs> <laughs> to tie this back into to hockey, baseball back into hockey, because I know you guys, some of you are going to say, "Wow, this episode's called Hockey's Back," and you open by talking about baseball. Uh, not too long ago, we got a review. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> we got a review, and it was like two out of five stars, and I was like. Okay. Hey, that's respectable. It was- <laughs> Better than you normally do. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> the title was like, I came here to listen to uh, hear about hockey. And then it was like, but these guys are talking about the corona. Um, and they're talking about how it affects uh, they're like, they're talking about corona and how it affects hockey. And then I just did like a gym from the office face. I'm like, really, if we're going to be talking about it, isn't that exactly the right way to talk about it? And he goes, I believe in it, but not as much as these guys. <laughs> it's just like, all right, what are you supposed to do with this? What do you, what, can we stop using the term believe? In no, 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 no. He doesn't, not, as, not as bad as those guys. Not as bad as those guys, Brad. And then now, when we see that the Florida Marlins in one night out may have ruined the entire MLB season, to Mr. Two Out of Five Stars, I will tell you this is exactly why we talk about how it affects sports and exactly why we talked about the bubble and exactly why we talk about how uh, the NHL and coronavirus intertwine because baseball might be canceled and the- we might be robbed of 59 or like 50 more games of the Astros getting plunked. The fake crowd noise that we joked about to open this episode because of COVID, the weird atmosphere that we're about to talk about because of covid the 
2014 playoffs that we're about to cover because of COVID. Like, <laughs> everything in the world has to be talked about in the context or because of COVID. Yeah. Like, every what, what in the world right now has not been affected by the coronavirus other than El- Evan's golf times? Yeah, those haven't been affected at all. <laughs> they've been, they've increased. He has to drive less for the podcast now because he does it from home. Yeah, I can just sneak away, and it, the synergy in my schedule right now is—it's <laughs> never been better. Whenever we have an episode, like uh, like say we start at nine and it's like nine fifteen, and Evan's not here, Brad and I both know where Evan is. He's driving back from the course. If it's on a Wednesday, I am on the tee at six oh five. Takes me two hours and ten minutes to play my nine for men's league. And it takes me 15 minutes to get home. That leaves me just a smidge amount of time to have a five-minute shower. And it's like nobody ever knew I was out there. So, yeah, the unfortunate truth is none of us want to be talking about COVID right now. But uh, it's very relevant to sports. And you know what? I'm happy the NHL handled it the way they did because the NHL season currently – fingers crossed, knock on wood, is not at risk of being canceled right now because there isn't a team with 16 plus positive tests because some dudes want to go out to a strip club in Atlanta. Was it a strip club? Well, didn't one guy order DoorDash and videoed it and put it on Instagram? And they're like, well, now you have to quarantine for 14 days. Lou Williams also got a leave from his bubble and then went to a strip club. With like a 16-year-old rapper, which brings up a whole nother did, series of questions. Didn't he, didn't he say he was just going to pick up chicken wings? <laughs> I mean, he, the worst he part prob- is I almost believe him because they probably had bomb chicken wings. There. He probably did get some chicken wings. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's context, right? I'm going to get chicken wings. And anything else, Lou? I'm going to get chicken wings. Buffo- <laughs> the buffet is great there. <laughs> so, the bubbles... You go ahead, Brad. Which circling this back to hockey. Zero positive COVID cases since everybody's entered the bubble. Um, just on a side tangent, wear your goddamn masks. Our region here mandated masks two weeks ago. If you go into a public building, you have to wear a mask. And we are now three days in a row of no new cases in a region of over half a million people. Wear your goddamn masks. Um, but yeah, so the NHL holy shit they might pull this off the nhl deserves to be uh commended they're doing an excellent job uh setting up this whole situation or environment setting up the bubble and the players seem to be taking it seriously um they're having and a there blast. hasn't i haven't really seen any backlash from players um backing out of of being in the the playoffs so all hats off to everyone involved Players are honest. Like, I know, obviously, players didn't want to be away from their families. But at the same time, like, just hanging out with the boys. Like, you get BMO Field here. They, they went and hung out where the Toronto FC plays at BMO Field. They got the entire stadium to themselves. And we're just, like, tossing Frisbees from the stands onto the field. I think I saw Boston Bruins players were taking free throw shots. And they were absolutely terrible. So, oh, uh, yeah, God. they're out it, in the first round. Oh, <laughs> like, God. They're having the time of their lives. This is, like, when you have your youth hockey tournament. And it's like a long weekend there, so you get a few nights at the hotel. But they get this for like at least a couple of weeks to start. This is great; it's, they're having a blast. It's uh, it's boys' camp away from parents. And hockey players are boring, man. As long as you give them some booze and each other, they'll have some fun. They'll do some you know questionable shit, but it'll all be 
As long as it's not catching COVID-19, then I'm thrilled. Do whatever not, you want. I'm not a betting man, but I'm paying very close attention to all these Instagram and Twitter videos because I want to see which team is the least hungover and I'm putting all my money on them to win the cup. There's a Twitter account that I've been following um, that has been compiling all of like, uh, it's called NHL Hubs Life. And they've, they're essentially compiling videos from all of the, uh, oh, they're on Instagram as well. All, every NHL player who posts like an Instagram video or story or story, they put it on their feed and it's fantastic. Um, I don't know if the NHL is doing this, so I don't want to criticize them, but if they're not doing this and I will criticize them, this should have been an NHL thing. There should have been an NHL official NHL account to say, follow these players in the hub. And have it so you can get all the stuff from like your favorite team or from all Eastern Conference teams or all the teams. And like have someone in the hotels, like one person, just like walk down the hallways, record shit. Like have the teams like set up a GoPro. Don't do anything official. Don't do official interviews. We don't know, need more time of, oh, yeah, it's uh, good to spend some time with the boys. And uh, obviously uh, it's not an ideal situation, but uh, it's what we have to do. So it's time to – uh to focus up and um, win three games here so we can uh, get moving and, uh, you know, uh, keep going. Like, no one needs more of that. There's a reason why everyone loved HBO Road to the Winter Classic because it was was obviously produced and edited, but it was the closest thing to an unedited view inside of what an NHL locker room or the lives of NHL players is like. It's awesome. Yeah. So this NHL Hubs Life account is fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted. It's it's the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest stuff you'll ever watch. Like I think St. Louis was like Twitch streaming them pouring like ice cold water on, I don't know, Vince Dunn or something. Like it's just dudes being idiots and it's hysterical. Dudes being exactly, guys. It's just – what's better than this? Just guys being dudes. Anyways, um, bubble aside, hockey was actually played and I nearly wept when I turned the game on. Um, yeah, I have never been more into a preseason game of two teams I hate more in my life than I was watching Toronto Montreal Wednesday night. It, it was, I'm not going to lie for about the first two to three minutes. It was a real weird. And then I didn't even notice the quirks. Honestly, when you get into the game, it, you don't really notice it. And like, Except for the the odd play, because actually the first goal the Leafs scored where Tavares and Mikheyev had the two-on-one. It was weird. When Tavares got that outlet pass, and you could immediately see that it was a two-on-one, not hearing that, oh, of the crowd was weird. Was super weird. Because, you know, anytime like a, a big play is about to happen, a two-on-one, a breakaway, uh, a, a guy gets a point blank in the slot, you can hear that 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 volume increase in the crowd and it wasn't there it yeah. was weird but honestly i'm enjoying it because i know this is going to be one of those things where 30 years from now we're going to be telling our grandkids about the time we had to watch the nhl in empty buildings with like screens in the background like it's it's cool it's not i i prefer crowds and all that stuff but i'm enjoying this because it's different yeah, they do an okay job with the, the crowd noise. I think it's fine. Like like you mentioned, it's not perfect, and there's times where it's a bit jarring for sure. But it does melt away, and like it's it's 
enough where you forget more times than you're paying attention to it. And that's as best as you could do, right? Like, yeah, of course you prefer fans, but that's uh, not possible right now. So I think as someone who's now gone through several iterations of golf tournaments with very good moments in them, I think once the playoffs start, there won't be quite that tension and that playoff feel, you know, like just watching yeah, a home playoff game, like the energy's there, like it just makes it feel like a playoff game. Like obviously the energy on the ice will probably be very comparable, but there will be certain things that won't be the same. But I think given everything that's going on, we just need to be happy that there's hockey. Yeah, that's what yeah. it boils down to. It, and it it didn't help that it was preseason hockey too. And when the guy, when any player scored, they looked genuinely bored. Like mm-hmm. I get it, guys. It doesn't matter, and you're too cool to celebrate a goal. That doesn't matter. I get it, but at the same time, like understand that million, like what four million people in Canada watch that Leafs preseason game. Like that's yeah. insane. Understand people are watching and excited, and when you don't score, it does. When you don't celebrate a goal, it does diminish the excitement. So I'm curious to see if that tension gets ramped up in the actual games just because we'll see some scrums after the whistle and we'll actually see some genuine emotion uh, when a goal is scored. Because I know there's no fans there, but even if like, you know, Tatar comes down the wing and rips one in, I want to see him jump into the glass. I want to see him fake flip off the Leaf fans. I don't care. Like, show some emotion, like, and it helps and... That might be the most jarring thing is when we do see some genuine emotion and it's just silence. Like Blake Wheeler losing his mind after scoring an OT goal against Calgary in a sea of like nothing. Although I did love, absolutely love the fact that they had it queued up. So every team had their goal horn going and their goal song going after every goal. Mm -hmm. It makes me very... Happy. It's one of the few times I was very happy Detroit was not in this, so everybody could <laughs> not uh, experience our lousy goal horn and mediocre goal song. Because <laughs> did they have it? I, I I wasn't paying enough attention to the volume. Like I was more focused on the the crowd noises. Do they have it where you can hear like the game sounds and and the players talking better, or did they drown it out enough where it sounds about where it usually is? So if a player really got loud, you could kind of pick it up. You heard the game sounds about on par with normal. Yeah. Um. So I didn't notice like anything there, but yeah, there was a few times. I think it was. The Calgary Edmonton game, uh, Haas from Edmonton was just trying to pivot in the neutral zone and blew a tire and went ass over tea kettle. And you could hear the Flames bench just ripping them. <laughs> you couldn't like make out the words they were using, but like, you know how you could hear the, oh, hey, you fuck. Yeah. You could hear that over top of everything else, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I would, I understand why the NHL does it this way, but I would legitimately give them 50 bucks for this entire playoffs for them to just give me the raw, unfiltered feed. I heard there was a rumor that they were going to do that where you could pay like a premium game center and like you would just get the raw unedited everything. But I don't think that ever came to fruition because I would have paid for that. Easiest money I would have ever spent. Oh, yeah. Um, My God. Connor McDavid might single-handedly win the Stanley Cup. Yes. What a freak that guy is. It's not fair. First of all, the goal he scored against Calgary where he just like the – 
the stick handle looking to pass and just fired a five hole, not no looking like that's unreal in and of itself. Anyone can see that. But coming down the boards just before that, where uh, I think it was Noah Hannafin was trying to defend against him, rest in peace. Um, and he wasn't stick handling. He was pushing the puck forward with one hand on his stick. Saw Hannafin reach around to try and defend him. Pushed, banked the puck off the boards with one hand on his stick. Blew past Hannafin and picked the puck up. With one hand. At full speed. What a freak. That was the impressive part of the goal. McDavid isn't normal. Because the finish was nice, but... That's not a particularly difficult way to finish a goal. I've done that, and I suck. Evan's probably done it on the backhand. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> the fact that he got past an above-average NHL defenseman with one hand without stick handling. Like, Anafin's not a schlub. He no. was a top-five pick, and he's still good. <laughs> he made him look like Madison Bowie. I thought that was Madison Bowie for a second. Oh my God. Could you imagine the Red Wings having to play Connor as they are having to play Connor McDavid three games in a row? Easiest win. I'd put put the over under for McDavid at 12 and a half points. Honestly, he would get bored by game two. If you ran that simulation, he would have a Johan Franzen against Colorado level series every time that he would make Johan Franzen's performance look pedestrian. Honestly, that guy is just. Obviously, we're talking about the best player in the world. But then now, like you hear all this talk about players who are arrested, and we always thought about guys who were injured. We forgot that Connor McDavid was playing at the level of like the best player in the world, significantly injured during last season. Like he came back way too soon from an injury um, and was playing through it, and that's why he looked hampered at times. He's now fully rested. He's fully rested and healed. And the first comments when he was back on the ice from like reporters or, you know, obviously his teammates and coaches are only going to say good things, but anyone who's able to watch him practice during training camp was like, oh, teams are going to have a hard time, even harder time than they usually would. I don't understand how Edmonton would lose a game other than a catastrophic failure in goaltending and defense, which is very possible. Yes. Very much within their wheelhouse, but still. Uh, other takeaways from uh, the exhibition games we've had so far, if any. Um, I know it was only an exhibition game, but Montreal sure as hell looked like they were doing their damnedest to lock up Alexi Lafreniere. I know that joke got made a thousand times on Twitter, but it's worth repeating often because I do not want Montreal fans to enjoy this. If they do land him, I want everybody to think it's rigged, even though we know it's not. And I want everybody to think they tanked a playoff series for it, even though we obviously know they won't. But I just mm, still bitter. They, they, yeah. They're they not allowed to enjoy it. Yeah, they're definitely, if one more person's like, it's always like the big name people, analysts or whatever, and they'll be like, and look. These guys aren't coming in trying to lose. And then you have to constantly say, nobody in their right mind is insinuating that the players are going to tank. That's not how tanking works. It doesn't happen at the player level. Please stop this whole frame frame shift of the argument. It's two things. One, it would happen at the GM and coaching level. And two, they don't even have to because they were a team that wasn't even close to the playoffs. And they're playing like a team that wasn't even close to the playoffs. That's the kind of situation you're going to get. It would be a huge fluke in my mind if they if they took away even two games from this, let alone win this series. 
it's not impossible. It's hockey. There's enough volatility in a seven game series, let alone a five game series, but still Montreal is just not, they're not cut out for this. They're not cut out to beat Pittsburgh in this series. Are we doing our predictions breakdown right now? Yeah, let's start. All right. Let's start with Pittsburgh, Montreal. It's best of five, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh in two. Pittsburgh's going to win in four because Montreal's going to start with one win on the board before they even play. You actually were the only one uh, out of us three who didn't predict a sweep, a 3 nothing sweep. You actually had it at 3-1 before when we did these predictions earlier. Yes, because Montreal, right. they're going to start Montreal at 1-0 before they even play the first game. <laughs> and uh, they're still going to get unofficially swept. Yeah. So Brad and I have them at uh, 3-0, three games to none, Pittsburgh. All right. Why not dial back here to Edmonton, Chicago? Um, I would love to pick Edmonton in a sweep here, but they are Edmonton. They do Edmonton things, so I'll I'll have to spot Chicago at least one because Edmonton will implode for at least a game. So I'll say Edmonton in four. Yeah, you had them at Edmonton in five before, so I'll switch that to Edmonton in four. I had that it at was Ed- before I found out McDavid got faster. Yeah, <laughs> which. Didn't know you could do that. Didn't know that was legal, actually. Someone should probably look into that. I had it at Edmonton in four. I'm going to do the same thing just by rights of something on Edmonton always messes up. So I will continue that trend. Um, the only reason I don't give Chicago another game, despite their some game breaking talent that they do have, is Corey Crawford staying home. So, uh, Corey Crawford's not playing. I believe so. Is that is that still the case? I I don't know. That was me asking because I know pay attention. I know Brent Seabrook opted out, which was a huge loss for Edmonton. But I don't remember <laughs> seeing anything about Corey Crawford. Chicago actually got f- quicker, <laughs> significantly quicker. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Malcolm Subban and Guy are your uh, go-to goalies for playoffs against Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, I'm going to say your chances regardless of what your offense looks like is quite low so it chicago's got chicago has a snowball's chance in hell but they still have a chance but i don't think it's good so uh, edmonton and four edmonton and four you had chicago three two so we'll switch that to edmonton three one uh okay so Cro- Crawford is going to be on the 31 man roster. So he's not staying home then, but he, uh, he hasn't been a participant in any kind of camp or anything that was as of earlier this week. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. It's also impossible to know now who's, who has COVID and who has an injury. So it'll come out of nowhere. All right. Winnipeg Calgary. Oh man. Um, we all had the same answer for this before. Yeah, this series, the more I look at it, the more interesting it gets because everything in my brain yells at me that Winnipeg should win the series and running away. But Calgary actually finished ahead of them in the standings. And I wondered why. So I went and really took a close look at Winnipeg's roster and realized that Evan would be their third best defenseman. So, but Connor Hellebuck is also going to win the Vesna. And they also have Shifley, Wheeler, Line A. Ehlers. It's just Kyle Connor. It's just not fair. I don't love Calgary's offense and their ability to keep up with Winnipeg. And I don't have any faith in Calgary's 
goaltending to hold up like Hellebuck should. So I'm going to go Winnipeg in five. And for the record, I don't remember what any of my earlier predictions were. This is all new analysis. You had Winnipeg in four before. Oh, look at that. What did I have before? Same thing. Winnipeg in four? Yeah. Man, that uh, I feel like that's selling Calgary a little bit short because this team without Connor Hellebuck is in a really bad spot. Like they're Chicago levels of bad even though they do have some significant offensive pieces. Uh, I don't know which way this series goes, to be honest, because Calgary could Calgary, and we could be looking at Winnipeg handily taking the series. But if Calgary comes to play and they get themselves organized for once in the playoffs, uh, and Johnny, Johnny Goudreau has one less sandwich before they play, yeah. um, Calgary's got a good shot too. I, I don't know. Winnipeg in five. I'm going to stick with Winnipeg in four. Um, that probably is selling Calgary a little short. I think that's a team where their parts are greater than the sum of the team, so to say. They have way more talent than they're displaying. So if they pull it together, they can easily make me look stupid. But I'll stick. I'll, I'll think that they won't be able to get it together in time. Like Evan mentioned, there's so many variables, especially with a team like that. Goudreau comes out firing on all cylinders and, you know, Riddich plays out of his mind. Yeah, they're going to take some games from a Winnipeg team that's not flawless, but I would say Winnipeg in four still. All right. uh, I'm just going to jump around here. Vancouver, Minnesota. Minnesota is that little team that could because I don't like basically anything about their roster outside of their top three, four-ish defensemen. Um, they probably have the least offensive firepower of just about any team not named Montreal in these mm-hmm. playoffs. But they always do something. Always. They are always in a position to either make the playoffs, make noise in the playoffs, or even in a year where the Central's as stacked as it is this year, not be that far off the playoffs. They just always do it. But they don't have a Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, Jakob Markstrom, or Brock Besser, so Vancouver in four. <laughs> all right so you had him at vancouver in five before so i'll adjust that you think Vancouver's going to do it one game quicker H- have you seen elias Pettersson in in these highlights nuts it's stupid he doesn't make sense he's he's 170 pounds and can shoot the puck 102 miles per hour i physically i don't know how that's possible yeah, I think vancouver you know I, I give him a lot of criticism about the way their team is structured um Obviously, they're going to have some cap issues. They're a team that should be way better than they are, if not for Jim Benning's want to go the Ken Holland route of paying your third and fourth liners way too much money. But that's not what really matters when you get to crunch time. The playoffs is just about getting to the end of those 60 or 60 plus minutes with more goals on the board. And uh, Vancouver has a lot of high, high end talent. Those guys heal up. Uh, Pedersen is playing out of his mind because he's one of the best players in the league already. I had this at Vancouver in, in four. I'm going to keep it at Vancouver in four. And honestly, if it was going to change, I'd say Vancouver in three. And that's not a slight to Minnesota. That was a team that was kind of, you know, putting it together in the second half of the season. But I think Vancouver is just too strong just with their one-off talent that they have. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the tale of two opposites where Vancouver is now on the upswing and Minnesota should have started rebuilding maybe four years ago. 
Um, I think largely that was based on Kevin Fiella being unreal this year, and that's about it. I don't even think Devin Dubnik was their starter for most of the year. Mind you, this team did get hot near the end before uh, play was suspended, but that's probably a wash at this point. So you got to just look at the roster straight up, I think, Um, and look at them in a vacuum because they are. I I think Vancouver's just got way too much firepower, way too much young legs that I I don't see how they could lose this series because I don't think – Minnesota's good enough to play a a shutdown type system against them. So Vancouver in four. Would you say that you have to look at them in a bubble? Yes. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Nashville, Arizona. Oh my God. Who cares about this series? Speaking Uh, of teams that should probably start rebuilding. The Nashville Predators are like one or two playoff series losses away from blowing it up, I think. Perfect analysis. Arizona in five. That is what you had before. I had Arizona in five. I'm uh, going to keep Arizona in five. I'm going to keep Arizona in five, and I think this will be a series of tight margins. But yeah, I'll say they pull it together. Yeah, who would have known that Pekka Rene and UC Saros would be not the goaltending duo you'd want in this playoff series? Bound uh, to happen. Uh, Nashville's goaltending versus Arizona's offense. A very movable force meets a very stoppable object. <laughs> um, that That's a team. They have to kind of make it through this controversy that's going on with John uh, Shaika, where we I think we said we were calling him John Shaika. And uh, someone mentioned that we were saying his name wrong. And oh I, oh my god, I don't care. I was listening. I, to I say people's names wrong all the time. <laughs> I was listening to Fridge say it, and he said Chaka, Shaka, and Chaika. And I was like, well, I don't have any clarity now. So. It's only made it more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they can make it through without that being uh, looming over their heads, which it seems like it's going to be a clean break moving forward, then. Taylor Hall contributes, Darcy Kemper plays like how he was before. Bam, that that to me is a team that can overperform and win. Conversely, Taylor Hall contributes and they lose and get Lafreniere. So either way, Taylor Hall contributes. Arizona or Minnesota. I'm happy for Lafreniere to go to either of those teams. I want Lafreniere go to go to the smallest market possible just to spite the NHL. Yeah, that um, Devils podcast that uh, I was on last night, they asked all of us who they uh, we would want them, Lafreniere, to go to. My answer was literally whoever Gary Bettman wants him to go to least. It's probably Arizona. It's probably Arizona. Actually, he probably wants him to go to Arizona to save hockey in the desert, and I would actually be all for that. Well, then um, Austin Matthews will be there in a few years. Eh. That'll be excellent. So I I even said Columbus, and that's me saying something nice about Ohio, which is rare. So... If we're talking about the best case for Lafreniere going to a team, what's a team that's really, really popular in the own market, but basically irrelevant to the NHL? The Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. It is 100% Minnesota. <laughs> Evan, I just heard what you said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, Minnesota would be fantastic. They would appreciate him so much. 
it would put them on the map and Batman would have a conniption trying to advertise this guy. <laughs> you have to go to Minnesota to see Alexi Lafreniere play hockey. Absolutely not. Oh yeah. How yeah. about a how about a weekend trip to beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota? I heard if the- Minnesota's a fantastic place. Like, let's not rip on it. It's a great state. Minnesota is just Canada South. And do you know what's good about Canada in the winter other than hockey and snowboarding? Uh, nothing. Uh, nothing. <laughs> the Fewer <darkness>. spiders. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to recognize seasonal affective disorder when you get it consistently every year, you know? Yes. Yeah. It just becomes a part of your life. <laughs> and we, we always about? forget. Like every December, we're like, or every February, we're like, why are we so sad? And then the sun comes out once, and we're like, oh, yeah, forgot about this. And then it's gone. And then it's gone. <sighs> I don't want to face the fact that we were robbed of a summer. Anyways. What? You good, God. Evan? That was your fault. You sent that to me. I thought it was a podcast thing. I sent that to you an hour ago. Uh, Two hours, actually. <laughs> I thought that was a podcast thing. And it was really loud. <laughs> Someone asked me once, like, are you guys going to eventually expand and do different video feeds so, like, you can be one of those podcasts with multiple angles? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have that level of production one day. The first additional camera we're adding is over Evan's shoulder just looking at whatever his phone's on. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. So... I'm confused with the amount of distractions, tangents, and random bullshit we've gone on about this episode. Is it acceptable because this is exactly how we are on this podcast every July, or is it not because the playoffs start in two days? I think we're getting it all out of our system because we haven't had a real <laughs> offseason and now hockey's coming back, so we have to do it now. Yeah. So, so for anyone listening who's like not a fan of this style of episode, don't worry. It's going to flip soon because playoff hockey's coming back. Um, all right, I'm saving the two best series for last. So next up, we'll do the Islanders against Florida. Oh, boy. Uh, this is the Nashville, Arizona of the East, huh? Yeah, neither team has looked too inspired in my mind from what I've seen of them, especially Florida did look kind of Okay, so I was I actually watched the entire Islanders-Rangers preseason game because that's the game I had the most time to watch last night. I sent out a tweet, um, which I should stop doing because I wake up every morning <laughs> to just a series of hate tweets. It's part of my morning routine now um, that I always cheer for teams that are high flying, highly skilled, fast paced, offensive minded to win because that's what I want the NHL to become. Like, I know I hate the Leafs and there's exceptions to every rule, but if the Leafs win the cup this year, overall, it's probably for the greater good of the NHL because then teams will try to copy that. Right. Like if Florida goes on a run this year, amazing. If Colorado goes on a run this year, perfect, because then teams will start building like that. The anti that is the New York Islanders. They play the worst, most boring brand of hockey I've seen since the mid 90s Devils. And they have a Matt Barzal. That is saying a lot when you can have a Matt Barzal and you are the worst team in these playoffs to watch from an entertainment standpoint. So I'm going Florida in five just for the sake of my sanity. I had Florida in five. I'm going to flip it to the Islanders in five. I'm not inspired. Like the Florida's kind of like Florida's kind of like Calgary where they have a lot of great players and they just kind of underperform this year. I think they're better than Calgary, but I also think 
that Bobrovsky just didn't really get into his groove too consistently enough where I'd say he can do it right now. I can see Barzell just dominating the series and I, I can see Ed, or the Islanders as boring as that game is, as boring as that play is, it'll probably be effective enough to frustrate the Panthers who didn't have a good year. I don't know. I'll say Isles in five. The Islanders are like, or sorry, Florida's like that rich kid who like has every opportunity to succeed, but is just never does. And you're just like, why won't this kid just put in a little bit of effort and he'd be leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. Personal story here, Evan? Uh, No, not definitely (laughs) not. My parents are blue collar, so that does not line up well at all. Um, I just, every time I think Florida's going to make the next step, and they look like they do. Like, they got Vincent Trocek. They got Bobrovsky. Things just never really add up for them. And it just never pans out. And every time I think it does, it doesn't. Mind you, they're now playing the Islanders, and who after the tra- trade deadline, I think, were not very good. Like, they got Pajot and were t- not good at all. I can't remember what they finished at. Um, and they struggled to score goals. Mind you, that's probably because the systems they play don't allow them to score goals. But I think if it all depends on how structured the team these teams come out. Like if the Islanders come out playing playoff hockey, super structured, like a Barry Trotz team does, and they're well organized early, they're going to take the series no problem. But if if they come out loosey goosey and it's a track a track meet, I think the Florida is going to run right through them, and they have the ability and the players to do it. So with that being said, I'll take the Islanders in five. <laughs> so you actually stayed with the Islanders. Um, you had them in four before, so you have them in five. Brad uh, and I both had this as a five-game series, but we flipped. Brad went from the Islanders to Florida, and I went from Florida to the Islanders. It's it'll like For me, it comes down to, can the Islanders score any goals? And if Bobrovsky is not any better... They're going to lose the series, but you never know with that guy. Like he comes into playoff series and steals them all the time. Yeah. Well, all right. And, and you got to also factor in too the skill factor. The Panthers have the two best players in this series. They have Alex Barkov and they have Jonathan Huberto. Yeah. That, that could, that they should be the X factor quite honestly, but because of the poor season Bobrovsky had, he is now the X factor. Toronto Columbus. Oh boy. Um for the sake of my sanity, I want Columbus to win, but they are everything I dislike about in terms of style of hockey. They're a little they play a little more aggressive and faster than the Islanders, so I respect that. And given their dismantling of skill in the offseason, they kind of had to. Um I, what do you have more faith in? Tortorella and his defense or the Leafs and their offense? That's that's what it is, and I mean, we can come up with every other reason we want for this series to have it go one way or the other, but that's what it's going to be. To me, it's does Columbus's goaltending hold up because we know they're going to reduce Toronto's chances, but Toronto will still get their chances. We know Columbus will get their chances, and Freddie Anderson's a good goalie, so... I mean, Merzlikens or Corpus Allo, whoever they have to go with, is going to have to play on God mode, which could happen. Um, Merzlikens already did it eight times this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it takes one hot streak. It's So do you want to bet on their goaltending or not? And 
do you want to bet on Tortorella or not? And do you want to bet on Toronto's offense or not? I don't know. I, I hate it. And I know I just picked Florida for the sake of my sanity, but I really do think Tortorella is going to find a way to stifle Toronto's offense in this. So I'm going to go Columbus in five. This couldn't be any worse of a matchup for Toronto. On yeah, paper, th- if you just look at the rosters straight up. Other than Boston. Other than Boston because of history. Um, you would think that this Leafs team is just going to steamroll the Blue Jackets. Like They've got so much offensive power and they've got a steady goaltender and their defense can kind of hang in most of the time. Whereas Columbus has lost like four of their best players that they had last year. They have no business being here at all. But this is the perfect matchup for John Tortorella to rally a team behind. It it says, look at the team over there. Look at the star power they have. We don't have that. All we've got is we can outcompete them and outplay them in terms of effort. That's all they have. They And they, they will rally behind that just like they've done all year. So if I'm a Toronto fan, I'm cautiously optimistic, but also a little bit nervous because this is not the team I would want to be playing coming off of a two, three month break. I don't even know who to pick. My brain says Toronto, but my brain also says Columbus. Like it just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Big old brain. Yeah. Like you had three, two Columbus before. I'll stick with it. Cause I, I just think, you know John Tortorella, he's going to fucking pull something together. He's going to draft up this story to tell his team, and they're going to rally behind it like they've done all year. The uh, Yeah, you guys hit it right on the head. Like The Leafs have a giant slayer on their hands. This, this is the same team, the same system, the same coach, less two-star players, although Bobrovsky, I don't think, was a star player for them last year, really. Um that took down the seemingly invincible Tampa Bay Lightning in four games. And we've talked about it before in this podcast, and we, we've had Alice and Lucan on before to talk about it. They did it very intentionally. They had a strategy to beat them. They had a strategy to, like Brad said, reduce their chances, frustrate them, get in front of and behind their breakout. Basically like guerrilla warfare against their game plan and, and destroyed them. Now, I actually think as talented as Tampa Bay is – I think that Toronto has enough individual game-breaking talent where I think they can overcome that, but they need to be firing on all cylinders. I think Evan had it perfect. If you're a Toronto fan, you're cautiously optimistic because you cannot be anything other than dialed in and at your best. I think Toronto will be that. I think Matthews, I think Marner uh, have had enough time to focus and dial in. Like The pressure's on. But there's no getting over how prolific of a scorer Matthews is. There's no getting over how fantastic of a playmaker Marner is. You add up, you add it like if even if just those two guys are having an unreal series, they're amazing. Let alone Nylander and Tavares, who I wouldn't bet against either. Their only thing is they need Frederick Anderson to be average at worst. So I have it at three two Toronto. I wouldn't even consider it an upset if if Columbus won just because of how formidable of a playoff opponent they are. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, playing opponent, qualifying round. Shut it's up. not the playoffs, Ryan. Jeez. All right, last series here: Carolina, New York Rangers. Oh boy. Um, 
So the Rangers swept the season series, which was surprising the first time I heard that. The New York Rangers have Amika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. The Carolina Hurricanes have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, and a Peter Mrazek who could either steal a series for a very bad team or blow a series for a good team. We don't know which is going to happen. I mean, of all the series, this one might be the most unpredictable just because of all the variables. Um, I flip-flop on who I'm going to pick because this one is one of those series. Everything in my brain is telling me to pick Carolina because logic, right? But the Rangers have a Henrik and a Mika, so I can't not pick them. Rangers in five. Yeah, and one name we forgot who was definitely in the Calder consideration is Adam Fox. Yes. And Shostorkin, whether he gets the start or not, had the most ridiculous numbers I've ever seen for a uh, rookie goalie. And we haven't even seen Capocacco hit his stride yet. Or sorry, Capocacco. I can't. Right, right, that's not going to be how you pronounce his name. Someone's going to now mention it. My mouth can't make Finnish noises. It's just not possible. <laughs> Brad's mouth can't finish. More at 11. <laughs> not not exactly what I said, but I appreciate the reach. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> this episode's taking a turn, Brad. Are, are you just going to toss the word around in there? So uh, Evan is giving qualified hockey analysis this is a rare moment and uh brad and i are making sex jokes interrupting yeah geez guys i need you to step it up to my level <laughs> uh, i'm muting myself i'm muting myself um questions will dougie hamilton be back they that's that was one of my deciding factors um he left and they ruled him out for at least the beginning of the series pretty quickly some indications were that it would be for that at least the first round of five uh I wouldn't bank on it. Will Brett Pesci be in the lineup? I don't know about Brett Pesci. I've not looked that one I think he was hurt too, but you never know. It's been three months, but also three years at the same time, it feels like. So I think that'll be a strong indicator. If they get one of two or two of two back, I think Carolina has a much better chance than I think I give them credit for. Pesci's still up in the air, apparently. But Dougie Hamilton is, I think he's back. But still, who's going to be the goaltender for Carolina? Is it going to be their, the, the Toronto Zamboni driver since they're in the arena anyway? That's funny. Um, do you think they've invited him like to come say hi? I know you're not supposed to, but do you think they did something for him? I have no idea. Maybe it'll be on uh, Puck Hub. Yeah. I'm calling it now. <laughs> the... Uh, I think it's Mrazek, and I don't think you can discount Mrazek's ability to turn it on in the playoffs as we've seen. I think he'll be average at best, and that might be good enough. But I like the way New York's been going lately. Um, I don't know. This is another toss-up for me. I'll just say Rangers in five. Brad, what did you have? Rangers in what? Five. Yeah, I'm going to give us all the same answer here. I'm going to also give you Rangers in five. I think the um, uncertainty surrounding Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci is not good. I think Zabinajad and Panarin are absolutely both phenomenal heart-level players for the Rangers. Adam Fox, I think the Rangers are bound to have one of their million 
star goalies play lights out. And they had uh, Carolina's number this year in the season series. And and I don't know. I think this is a bad shake for Carolina. I think they would have been better off playing any other team at any other time. But that's just not how it worked out. There's a reason you, why they voted against it. Yeah. And they, they actually proposed not having like having teams start with a lead based on how far ahead they were. And you can see why. Like I wouldn't want to play the Rangers either. Every team has their like vice, their, the team that is way worse than them on paper, but just has their number that year. Like, for example, off the top of my head, a random one, no bias here at all. Montreal lost to Detroit four times. If you were the Canadians, you would hate to play Detroit in this play-in series if it worked out that way. So, yeah, I, I don't love that for Carolina. I actually like when Carolina does does well, but the Rangers have just been on one. And I, I think that they're going to be they're going to be the ones that come through here. Okay, we will uh, post all of these predictions and then revisit them at the end of the play-in round, and we'll see where we go from there. All right, quick off-the-cuff cup champion here. Who do you pick? Mm, I flip-flop this in my head hourly between, like, nine teams, honestly. Yeah. Because this was a pretty tight year to begin with, and then this whole silliness just added to the chaos. So I... Looked at the entire 2014 playoffs and I looked for three things that I would hope for a game breaking superstar. And I'm not talking just like someone who's really, really good. Like Matthew Kachuk doesn't count. I want Mm -hmm. a superstar. I want a team with a goaltender that is at least capable of getting on a hot streak, a good supporting cast. And a systematic style that I can absolutely get behind a Stanley Cup champion carrying to improve the game of hockey. So this year, my money is on Nathan McKinnon. Wow. Kale McCarr. Um, Landeskog, Rantanen, and Grubauer is good enough to get them there with how talented their roster is. He's not the goalie that I have the most faith in, but Nathan McKinnon might be outside of Connor McDavid, the player I have the most faith in. If I had any, and I and I do mean any faith in Edmonton's goaltending, they would have been my pick, but I don't. So I'm going with Colorado. My, um, my so hold chaos. On. Yeah. Now that I've said that, um, I'm not sorry that I just doomed the avalanche to a first round upset. Oh, of course not. My chaos Stanley Cup finals was Colorado, Philadelphia, and my cup final or my cup winner in my mind, a purpose of nothing other than my own gut here is Philly. Um, I could see it. For a lot of the same reasons, although not with the individual star power that Brad mentioned, I think Carter Hart can go on an insane tear. We've seen him be able to perform. I think he can do even more than what Bennington did for St. Louis. People don't realize that Sean Couturier is one of the best players in the league. Um, Voracek and Giroux are no schlubs either. Like Those are any guys who can <clears throat> turn on and take over a series. I don't know. I like Philly, and they had they had a really strong performance this season that people kind of forget because it got it went away in the wash. Uh, if they can find that form again, I think they can blow past some other strong contenders. And yeah, that's who I have taken it. Well, I'm going to go slightly different, and I will say it will be the Golden Knights. Oh, I think that Flurry's had to weather way too much of the workload this season. But I think this time off is exactly what he needed. Um, 
And if he doesn't come out hot out of the gate, oh, who do you got in the backup? Robin Lehner, who's another very capable goaltender. So it's not I bad. still I still like their roster a ton. Um, I think the time off will benefit this team greatly. Um, I, I really like their chances of, of finishing it this year. I'd start Leonard. Me yeah, too. I would start Leonard too. Me too. But playoff flurry can do strange things. But they they can they got one A one B right now. No problem. Playoff flurry got Mike or yeah playoff level save from flurry got Mike Babcock fired. Exactly. Which led to the Calgary Flames coach. I can't remember his name getting fired. Bill Peters. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot that happened because of that save. The world yep. changed. Do we know that the pandemic would have been a possibility before that save? I'm just asking. I, it was around the time that COVID actually did, you know, kind of originate. <laughs> they weren't just in the saying. same spot at the same time. <laughs> With that, we're going to head over. Those are our predictions. We'll post them. You can ridicule them. We'll talk about them more. We're going to have uh, guests on to talk uh, more about those teams as the playoffs roll on. Uh, the planes as well so thank you guys for bearing with us hockey is back and with that let's head it over to overtime this is a midweek episode so we are going to head to patreon where our patrons get their comments read out exclusively for midweek episode overtimes um they're the reason we're able to do this show ovechkin stand club says how many times can one person get kicked in the balls Ilya samsonov is hurt got to watch ov Got to watch Ovi dominate and felt good about that game. Hashtag go caps. Tell me three of the best Ovi moments of all time. Uh, I, crazy. I can give you the answer right now. Uh, being drafted, being wasted at the all-star game draft and wanting to be drafted last so he can get the car. Or was he the one drafting? doesn't matter. Uh, his crazy cup celebrations because also wasted and that falling down on his back goal like in his rookie season or whatever it was. Um, I'll go over the head goal, hoisting the cup, almost decapitating, decapitating him and Mike Green on a golf cart <laughs> in the back room of a I don't know what arena it was. Yeah, yeah, with the door coming down. <laughs> yep. Ov's hole in one. Oh yeah! I swear to God! I swear to God! What I swear to my ma. <laughs> I can't remember his other quote. It was "We will not be fucking suck." <laughs> That was legendary. That was Russian. You you just spoke a little bit of Russian. Yeah. And then uh just insert the cup celebrations there because those were those those are in the Hall of Fame tier right there. Uh YBK says, Dear Dud Duds, Dingbats, and whatever other alliterative alliterative descriptors you can think of. Hockey's back, no red wings, so maybe we can all watch without being stressed for once. Any rate, a little thought exercise. Let's assume we're creating a Frankenstein to combine the best aspects of the finest NHL players we have. A winged wheel space jam, if you will. Pick whose body slash mental part you'd splice into our lovely creation. Current players only and no player can be used twice. Example, you can't have Ovechkin for both shot and endurance. Build us a lovely monster, you heathens. Okay, hockey IQ. Crosby. Yeah, 100%. That's not even up for debate. Stick handling. Kane, Pedersen. Uh, I, I was leaning Patrick Kane. I'm trying to think if there's someone I'm just forgetting here. McDavid's no joke. No, we're taking McDavid skating. That's not even up for debate. We're not. If we only get one trait, it's McDavid skating. Yeah, I'd say Kane for stick handling. Yeah, shot. Uh, are we splitting up shots here? Because I'd take Ovi slap shot and Austin Matthews snapshot. Just shot. 
just shot. Mm. Oh, it has I'm to going be Ovi. Ovechkin. It has, it has to, to be. It has to be Ovi, but that's if not Ovi, that's a clear. If Ovi was retired, it's Matthews without a doubt. Skating, McDavid. McDavid. Endurance. Who's in it like an Iron Man right now? Uh, NHL Iron Patrick Man Marlo? streak. Man, it might it might be Kessel. <laughs> Most consecutive games played in NHL. It's Keith Yandel, Yandel and Kessel. Yandel, Marlo, and Kessel. I'll go Kessel. I respect Phil. Anybody who's got that kind of uh, endurance with that body after stuffing that many hot dogs into it's got to have a secret formula. Uh, checking or hitting. Uh, can we? Do we get to pick Bufflin still? Yeah, he's uh, not retired. He's Bufflin. a current player. That hand on down Mark Bufflin. Stone maybe yeah. two years ago is one of the most hard hits I've ever seen in my life. I felt that one a province away. Uh, fighting. Ryan Reeves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Reeves without a doubt. Uh, Garrett TV says, Sup Hockey Amigos, Ryan, per last episode's intro, you got to avoid late night drinking, followed by reading YouTube comments from hate watchers. That's a scary prognostication. If you're going to keep doing it, I'm going to create some fake accounts to troll you and remind you to stop. Too many idiots with opinions out there. You guys are better than uh, worrying about the uninformed opinions. Seriously, keeping the two-time weekly episodes going this long with solid content has been downright impressive. That means... A lot because uh, the moment we hit just like stop recording, we all pass out on camera for three hours and then I wake up and groggily edit, edit the episode. No, but seriously, thank you. That that does mean a lot. Uh, for a question, how much does Rob Manfred suck for the Joe Kelly suspension? Holy crap, hockey is so lucky to not have a freaking piece of Shea commissioner like him. Sticks on the ice, boys. Let's do that hockey. Let's go Red Wings. Could not have said it better myself. It justifies us talking about baseball for the first 10 minutes since people are asking about it in Patreon. So thank you. That's because we're saying, let's not be like them. Yeah. RC Tendy says, Eisenman, Zetterberg, Lidstrom, uh, F. Mary, kill. Oh, oh, I can't kill any of them, so I have to abstain from the question. You, <sighs> I can't. I can't. You can't make me. I kill myself instead. You marry Nick Lidstrom, right? Perfect human. Yes. Have you seen that jawline, though? Do we have to kill Steve Eiserman in this scenario? I can't. I can't do this. Well, we don't want to see him dating anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he went to Tampa Bay, it tore yeah. my heart out. He we was the only him. one that left. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. Uh, Madness says, okay, new best case Ontario for the draft. Arizona wins the second draft lottery and has to forfeit their first round selection this year as punishment for doing the workouts with prospects too early. This would move the Red Wings into third overall. I wish the NHL had the balls to do that. It would never happen. You know they're getting punished like a sixth round pick. Like, yeah. you know it. Uh, John Evans says, hello, gentlemen. Greetings from Ohio. Wanted to clear a couple things from the past couple episodes. Oh, I, I do a lot of shit talking of Ohio, so I probably deserve this. Uh, one, not all of us Ohioans are OSU fans. Some of us were born elsewhere, but were blessed enough to come from Wolverine families. We'd go to Michigan, but jobs in Detroit get real. John, you're right. And I'm sorry. Uh, and thank you for not being an OSU fan. Two, Brad thinking in and out burger was mediocre is more embarrassing than your pronoun, your pronounce, uh, pronouncement of trebuchet but he wrote pronouncement instead of pronunciation so brad you can fire back at him um, be the bigger man for the first time in your life uh, <laughs> in every sense of the word <laughs> i'm convinced 
<laughs> this episode's off the rails. <laughs> good. Uh, I'm convinced you actually attended a Canadian knockoff in a newt. Three, getting all these players together to play during a pandemic is stupid and not worth risking these players' health, but I'll be damned if I'm not watching every minute of it that I every minute of it that I can. Um, very much agree. And, um, thank you for being one of the good ones from Ohio. I will not stop railing on Ohio though. And Nick I Hill. will not concede my in and out point. Nick Hill says the Seattle Kraken had some really cool gear and I ended up having to buy some. Understandably, it won't be coming until September. Hey, read back each of the first letters of every row. <laughs> Trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say Trebucket? Um, Eric Baker says, I'm not one to wish harm on an actual human being, but I definitely hope that COVID killed the Ric Flair woo at sporting events. Actually, I take back the part about harming human beings. I would definitely be fine with individuals being harmed if Chicago wins the draft lottery for the second year in a row and jumps Detroit for the second year in a row, which is why I have to root for them to be Edmonton, even though I hate Chicago and kind of like the Oilers. Ouch. These are very confusing times, regardless for the Blackhawks. Eric, I feel that. Um, Joe D'Elia says, sup guys, ever since the tree bucket incident, Brad's attitude and ego has been at a dangerously high level. Maybe instead of, uh, everyone bullying him, we should be nice to him for science. I want you to both say what you like about Brad. (laughs) Okay. I'll go Brad. You're pretty good at hockey and vocabulary is getting better and better. I have to look words up because you know, American over here. Also, you have a nice little happy family. Okay, cool. Ryan, if this doesn't work, we need to turn up the bullying. (laughs) (laughs) What do I like about Brad? Uh, he's a freak in that he knows he took, he's, he's, yeah, like he's got the rain man, Pierre Maguire hockey trivia mind, like absolutely more hair with more hair. So good for you, Brad. Yeah. Significantly more hair. And if it's something you haven't want, like I don't always say his hairline's impeccable. It's actually really frustrating. I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm glad neither of you picked that. Your favorite thing about me is when I stopped talking. Cause I thought for sure that was coming. I don't like it. Look, man. Well, when we're off air, yeah, absolutely. I would love it if we stop talking. <laughs> but on the air, like if you have to mute for too long and then like when it's episodes with Evan and I, my throat is sore at the end. Yeah, I go right to bed. I don't have a chance to like drink any water. You know how short, you know how concise Evan is? Yeah. I wish everyone that I worked with was as concise with their communication as Evan. That would make my job a million times easier. <laughs> I feel really bad at work when people send these really long emails and I send like five sentences back because I feel like I'm just being so short and yeah. concise that it's off-putting. Someone sends Evan like this properly worded six-page document about a request they have and Evan just sends back, okay. <laughs> I basically I, say, "Look, looks good, I'll read it later kind of thing. That's the kind of person I love communicating with the most, but I actually can't bring myself to do that at work. I'm the kind of person where I write the email and then I go and remove half of my exclamation marks. I'm still the type of person, if someone sends a really drawn out email that I know is going to get complicated, I just pick up the phone and go, okay, what actually do you want? Because I couldn't get through that incoherent bullshit. Yeah, you do the same thing when we message you. (laughs) What? What do you want? Uh, me and Evan. Hey, how about this thing in the chat, Brad? Yeah, that was too long. What was that about? <laughs> um, Jonathan Melwish says, hey, guys, who do you think has been the most underrated Red Wings player since 2000? For me, it's either Chris Osgood or Kirk Maltby. Chris Os- <laughs> We're not having that conversation. Um, underrated since 2000. 
That's it. I think there's been plenty of underrated. I'm going to go Brian Rafalski here. I think people really underestimate how much Brian Rafalski did for that blue line. I think we've answered this question so many times that I've answered all of them. So now I have to pick someone who we haven't picked before. So Robert Lang. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a tough question when you now are down to like a handful of players left. I'll say Yuri Hedler was maybe a little underrated. He didn't last that long, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody new. Yeah, it's a, like, how far back do you go? Anyways, just your average Teej said, I had flashbacks recently, uh, finished the worst in my fantasy football league. Now I pick fourth. If you need me, I'll be rocking back and forth, crying in the corner. Wow. Way to keep a theme. <laughs> um, Michael Barry says, hey, guys, hope all is well. Uh, looking back on NHL drafts, um, what are the signs of a bust or a disappointing player? Like, what happened to Jonathan Drouin? He was good for the Mooseheads. Was he just inflated due to McKinnon or was switching position in the NHL? Some players don't adapt because th- it's hard to explain. You can have be the most skilled player in junior, and that skill obviously comes with you to the NHL. But the NHL game is different than the junior game, so there's certain things about your game you have to adapt. I, I mean, we joke on, like, guys don't play defense, ha, 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 but you have to, even the worst defensive players in the NHL have to play some defense. Even the most skilled players have to figure out different ways to utilize their teammates in the NHL because you have less time and space, so you can't do as much as you can in junior, like that one goal or assist or Druin had in junior that was just referred to as the shift. Um, you can't do that in the NHL. You can't like, he'd have to give that puck up three times in that sequence in the NHL. And he has not adapted to his, his game. He still tries junior bullshit. And when it doesn't work, he gets disheartened and just floats on the perimeter. Yeah. There's a lot of different indicators. Um, Something that puts players at risk, although doesn't necessarily make them a bust right away, would be a lack of hockey IQ. For the amount of guys who who have a world of talent and made it, there's almost an equal amount, if not greater amount of guys who have a ton of raw talent but couldn't put it together because they didn't have the brain to do it. Nail Yakupov. No one saw it coming because he was so talented, but it just goes to show if you can't think the game at a high enough level and you can't glue those pieces together or at least mash them together to make something that mildly resembles a strong hockey game, you're going to get dominated in the NHL. It's it's the best league in the world for a reason. Do you think Crosby has the best individual skill set anymore? No, but he thinks the game so well, he is still challenging as the best player in the world. That's how much your brain, that's how far your brain goes in hockey. Um, also yay or nay on this Red Wings street hockey jersey. Hell yeah, that's a dope jersey. And if you don't buy it, I will. Um, Chris Smith says, um, I was clearing up some space on my phone because I have too many videos of my infant son doing nothing but breathing <laughs> when I came uh, by the poorest quality video I've ever taken, which just so happened to be Zadina's first goal. It looks like I took the video with my shoe, but it's still fun to remember calling the goal to the group of Avs fans I was with and then simultaneously simultaneously spilling my $13 spike seltzer all over myself and them in my excitement. If that isn't a clear window into all of our collective adulthood as Red Wings fans, I don't know what is. Um, uh, I, I don't know. There was a happy moment in there, so that doesn't feel like my adulthood with the Red Wings lately. That's fair. 
I mentioned earlier in the season that Avs fans couldn't watch the Avs because the guy who owns them also owns the network they're broadcasted on and won't negotiate with cable providers to air the network. This is apparently still the case, and the game got blocked out a few minutes in yesterday, even though it was on a national broadcast and unavailable on any other network. Maybe it will change for the playoffs, but uh, just like the regular season, it seems like you have to be at the game if you want to watch the Avs play, even if it's in a quarantine bubble in another country. Stan uh, Kroenke is Melnick levels of garbage and doesn't get the hate he deserves that is awful that is absolutely garbage that they would do that the nhl shouldn't even allow that i mean the first preseason game first hockey game played in the nhl in four months wasn't broadcasting canada so i don't even know if that was the biggest f up of the week um what is your favorite jersey slash logo for a team that no longer exists the quad city mallards were an echl team that had some really clean jerseys before they folded in 2018 and i really wish some someone would bring them back california golden seals had a sweet look it was very like vintage i love like the miami vice type colors i know it's a different coast but yeah i love the california golden seals look the Quebec Nordiques. The District 5 Ducks. The District 5 Ducks. District 5. That sounds like a Mighty Ducks thing. No. Oh, oh, it oh. It is literally the Mighty Ducks. I, can't I forgot that Anaheim that was their actual. Ducks, so I'm picking the OG Ducks. Um, Yeah, but Quebec's though. The Quebec Nordiques jersey is just. The Hartford Whalers, buddy. Yakaruta's Nordiques, Whalers. There's not many others in contention. Uh, Yakaruta says, uh, I watched the urinating tree haters guide to the playoffs video and started laughing when he mentioned that the Montreal Canadiens got swept by the Red Wings in the series, season series. That will never stop being funny. Also, we have hockey back. How many games have you watched so far? I've had it on in the background my entire workday. Are we talking about like games in their entirety? Because I've managed to watch two beginning to end, but I've watched parts of at least six uh yeah how about you evan i've watched zero i'm yeah, busy this that- week has been nuts so i really haven't had much time to uh actually sit down and do nothing i'm on a four-day weekend right now i am not leaving my couch all day saturday or sunday chris was like oh you better take care of the kids and i'm like yeah as long as i'm in within eye shot of a tv i'll do whatever they want <laughs> Jacob Charlip says, what's up, fellas? Hope all is well. I've been seeing a bunch of 2022 Olympic projections, and it got me thinking. As Canadians, is this the most worried about a U.S. roster you've been? Also, Russia's roster looks pretty weak, especially at especially at center and de- defense. Is there a reason for the drop-off in talent over there? I always hold the States as the odds-on favorite to win, if not Canada. Um, I have a hard time being too concerned when Canada has McDavid and Crosby and a million other I mean, Canada's defense and goaltending are not looking great for this at all. And the United States defense is looking ridiculous. Um, And I still like Canada's offense a lot more uh, than the States. But the big advantage Canada has always had over the States is we've had that Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, McDavid level superstar. And we still have two of them. But the States now have Matthews and Eichel. So they have two superstars pretty damn close. Um, I still prefer Canada uh, just because of the McDavid-Crosby factor, but I do like the state's defense and goaltending a lot better. 
Okay, uh, we will jump here to Kwas. Uh, it says four plane formation is an absolute shit show. That is all. Um, oh, as for Russia, I don't know. Russia, they don't get like not all the best talent from Russia leaves. That's the issue. A lot of them stay in the KHL. So every country has its ebbs and flows. Signed, uh, <laughs> Rowan signed Don says, so I watched on YouTube and it is boring. Seriously, do something more good than just sit there like stunned mullets. Uh, I've also been watching all the hockey and I noticed that Quinn Hughes, I uh, was not able, able to save the whale team versus the airplane team and is basically a bust going to try and rile up Canucks Twitter with some of that given Habs fans are already my bitch. <laughs> Jersey time, color blindness issues aside, which three NHL jerseys would look best inverse instead of being a white primaries? A number of team here teams here don't even qualify. Sorry, what? Which teams would look best if they inverted their colors? All of them. All of them. Does anyone like white as their primary jerseys? No, no, no. Like not counting teams like who have. For example, oh. think of Boston, how it's black and gold. Everywhere where there's black, they'll have gold, and everything wherever they they have gold, they'd have black. Okay. Um, it's mm. late. My brain's not working as well. That's yeah. tough, man. That's Rangers. Maybe it's almost oh. like something you need to see before I you can go- make a claim on it. If we're going red, white, and blue, I would. I would invert Montreal's before I invert the Rangers. Vancouver's. Yeah, that's a good one. Too early to say Seattle? No, I think that's a fantastic answer, actually. I love yeah, the green. That, yeah, with like the orangish colored jersey with the blue accent, like the Detroit Little Caesars. Hell yeah. Um, Edmonton, so they can go back to the blue jerseys. <laughs> that that was actually what I was just gonna say. I was like, Edmonton might work there. Um, when you're a hated talky show host and you need to steal tweets from good, hardworking patrons, use stay fresh cheese bags to try and pass off others' work as your own. Stay fresh oh, cheese bag, buddy. Fournier Company and online plagiarism. That joke to be yours. You were one of a thousand people to make that joke in a ten minute span. What happened? So it was uh, Montreal was playing like absolute trash in that first period against Toronto and like very obviously it like looked outclassed. So everybody and their brother made the Lafreniere tank joke right away. Like a thousand people is probably actually conservative on the number of people who sent that tweet out. Uh, C nods. Apparently I skipped over your question. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how I do it. Uh, they say, okay, so I think the best rule change the NHL has made in recent years is a three-on-three rule for overtime. Who is a player no longer in the league that you would have loved to have seen play in this format? Mine would be Datsuk, watching some of his highlights when he was skating around three or four defenders. I can just um, uh, imagine unbelievable playmaking out of him uh, if he had space to skate with that format. Burray and Kovalev are two great answers for that. I was going to say Burray. Burray was a thousand percent going to be my answer. If you wanted to... To take an underrated answer that nobody would probably think of, uh, Peter Bondra. That that dude was Beret Light back in the 90s, so he yeah. could have been fun. Uh, Kovlev was a great answer. Uh, Mario, Lemieux would have, Mario Lemieux would have been a ton of fun in that. Bobby Orr, I mean, the defense just going nuts all over the place. I mean, pick any good player. I think Paul Correa would have been really fun in it, too. 
Uh, also asks, what are the odds the Red Wings uh, take steps to make Ali Octopus the official mascot in some way to protect the tradition? With the Kraken in the league, it makes sense to ensure that our tradition doesn't get tarnished by a team establishing their own. Uh, like, Al is the official mascot, but, like, I, in terms of, like, someone in the stands or, like, utilizing it more, I don't know. As long I, – I don't really – like, I know I joke about it a lot. I don't really care. I just don't want – the octopus on the ice throwing to ever be either taken away or co-opted by another team. I mean, tentacles whacking people in the back of the head as it walks down the stairs. I'd like it. It's fine. We can make gritty happen. We can make an octopus happen. <laughs> um, Joseph Fournier says, I hate when I mispronounce something and then I have to pass it off. Like I meant to say it that way. So then for the rest of my life, I have to continue a facetious facade behemoth. I think the first time I ever said it out loud, I said behemoth and no one ever corrected me. And I said it that way for years until I said it like that in front of a friend who's a total jerk wad and hasn't let up from it since. <laughs> Would hate to have those friends, eh, Brad? <laughs> and so I pass it off like I meant to say it that way in front of him for the lulls. In my defense, he has known me for so long that he understands my sarcasm can sometimes be so inconspicuous that it goes right over people's heads. And they think I say whatever I said in earnestness. But I've been selling this behemoth bullshit for so long that he's starting to buy into it a little. Hashtag tree bucket, hashtag commit to the role, hashtag stay fresh cheese bags. And last question here from a new name level sponsor, Trevor Pevovar. Welcome and thank you for supporting the dub dub. Welcome to the uh, insanity. He says, hey guys, one quick question. How do you three, mostly Brad, probably Ryan and probably not Evan, stay up to date on junior league and minor league hockey stuff? I always hear about, about how the really young guys are doing, but I can never find a place to watch them for myself. Going to school in Tennessee means I'm definitely not finding anything on weird local channels, but is there some subscription or website I can go to to watch streams? Thanks again, and bonus points if you guys pronounce my last name right. It's super simple. Uh, for some reason, people find a way to confuse themselves. I, I guessed Pevelvar. I not- can't see it right now, so I'm I'm Pevelvar. just assuming Ryan's is wrong. Uh, we used to have this uh, service that compiled all um prospect it was called prospect shifts uh we've since lost that but essentially if you want to keep up with it like it's easy to follow the major junior leagues i'd say if you're Um, in canada yeah they they do a lot of focus on that and then for anyone outside of that you know who to look for because they're being written about for the most part or being talked about and then you have to just go search youtube search whatever random hockey site to find whatever clips you can yeah europe is hell Honestly. Oh, yeah. Europe's very tough. You're very much at the mercy of people who do not give a shit whether you're going to see these clips or not. Yeah. Um, so the short answer of it is you're, you have to consume, like, I think it's just natural for us. Like, what we do with our downtime is consume hockey content. If we only prep for this show in our actual, like, earnest prep time, we would not know what we were talking about. Yeah. God, no. Absolutely uh, not. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode. We'd like to thank everyone so much. Guys, next time we talk, we will have playoff hockey on the table. Until then, uh, thank you to all who listen, all of our Patreon supporters, our name-level Patreon sponsors. These are the people. This is your show. Uh, the Septic Tank of That Bitch, Carol Baskins, Arjun Shanker, Greach, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, Ovechkin Stan Club, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Trevor Pevavar, Chris Ripley, Alex Ott, 
Ashley Van Conant, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Matthew Keeler, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Kwaz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. We love you, and we will see you on the other side of the playoffs, play-ins, qualifying round, starting. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.